right, it's a big hello to everybody out there. You are listening to another Step Outside with Paul Burt podcast. I hope you've been keeping well. Had a fantastic week. Whatever you have been doing, Easter, that's past. Jeez, you'll be able to blink. It'll be back on us again. Hey, uh, we're talking today to our friendly fisherman, Peter Johnson. PJ is his more affectionately known. Good morning to you, PJ. G'day, Paul. How are you going? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, mate. Thanks for your time and uh, and talking to us and to our listeners because, uh, mate, you're a knowledgeable bloke when it comes to many things abroad and, of course, when it comes to fishing as well. You've, you're have you an ambassador to the Alvey brand and also uh, you, you've been there and done a lot of things when it comes to Australian uh, fishing uh, line classes and also to um, presidents of... New South Wales Angling Society. So, mate, you, you've been around the, the traps a bit, so I, I do like to pick your brain when it comes to to targeting specific species. And Today I'd like to be talking to you about the drummer and also the luteric. As we get into the cooler months of the year, these fish start to really take off, Pete. Yeah, no, it's, um, the winter months will see us, uh, well, I guess you'd say, with Ernest chasing the, um, chasing the luteric and uh, off the rocks I'll be chasing the, the rock blackfish or the... Black drummer, aka pigs, and 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 also their cousins, the ludric. They're both from from the same same family, the gyrella um, family. Uh, one's a gyrella tricuspidata, and uh, the the rock blackfish. He's a gyrella elevata, although um, we often call them gorilla elevata because it's um it's a stand up knockdown battle when you're fishing for drummer. Mate, they're, they're the, one of the toughest fish to catch off the rocks, uh, the pigfish, and, you know, you do need to not only have your safety awareness around those platforms of, of rock or cliff fishing, but also um, your terminal tackle. I mean, mate, let's start with the terminal tackle. What is it that drummer eat? What are pigfish, what's their favourite food for someone well, wanting to go and get well, them? Yeah, let, let's, let's look at them. Um, generally, they're, um, they'll, they'll eat cabbage. So they're quite often encountered when you're fishing for for luddric. Um The the the, the drama, black black drama, rock blackfish, pigs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they get the nickname pig because they, their stomachs are always full. They're swollen. They're eating as much as they can. Sounds like um, me. They're, they're suckers <laughs> for a bread burly, but their their natural diet consists of kunji void. It's been mm-hmm. smashed off the rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, green cabbage and, and, and weed that's found on the ocean rocks. But you'll also catch them on peeled prawns. Royal reds or banana prawns are a really good bait for them. Um, and they love a bread or a dough bait. So a couple of guys I know specifically target them under small bobby corks with uh, bread or dough baits. So they, they're, they're very easily talked in uh, coming on the bite with a burley. And uh, we used to put uh, stale bread through mum's food processor when we were younger and very small breadcrumbs just into the water just to give them a, a sniff of it and then fish with bread baits or kunzi baits. And um, abgut used to be a really, really good bait too, but uh, once they stopped banning the abgut for bait because of the uh, perkensis virus, that was the end of that. But kunzi baits, um, royal reds, uh, pearl prawns, or big cabbage baits are generally the go for those fellas. Mate, they're a, uh, a a very hard fish to, to target. Is that generally in the sense that they're hard to get to or you need heavy line class or what sort of what I sort wouldn't of outfit? say they're hard to target. All you need to do is find somewhere that's got really, uh, really good white water that 
um, drops off into deep water ledges. Um, bold Australian rocky gutters are another good place for them because they're a very powerful fish. They can swim in that white water environment quite well. Um, where they're hard is that if you don't get into them quick as soon as you hook them, they'll do you. They're like a groper. They're, they're the underwater bulldozers of the fish world. You have a brawl on your hands when you fight them. We, um, we, 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 we successfully land some rather large fish, like I'm talking two, two and a half kilo fish while fishing for, for ludric. But um, that's not because we're giving it to them, it's because we're, we're just plying them if we can in open areas. There's areas where you won't, you won't have a chance of getting one out. There's other areas we know if they, they go, let them go out to the deeper water a bit, we can play them out there and then wash them in on a set a bit later on when they're tired. But um, the, the tackle, I, I guess if you want, we could look at the tackle first, Paul, if you wanted. Mate, the tackle's always an interesting part because people can go down there and target. They think they've got the, you know, a 10 foot 6, you know, Schneider glass or whatever sort of rod there and maybe a, a 6 inch alvey or a 6,000 size baitcaster or a, a spin reel from Shimano, whatever it might be. But is that gear going to be suffice if they've got you know twenty pound braid and you know fifteen pound leader? Is that is that enough? Or? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't be using braid on the Asian rocks for for yeah. um, drama because the as we know braid's not very um, uh, abrasion resistant. But my, my go to, uh, I've got two rods that I use. One's a um, one's a, a Snyder Glass FSU five one twenty um, with a six inch sand spike on it. And that's with um, my seven-inch alvey on it, and it's loaded up with uh, with um, fifteen k, uh, kg um, platypus yep. um, low stretch. Yep. And then the other outfit's uh, uh, MT eight one four four, which just it's a bit lighter in the tip, but it's a longer rod, and it lets me throw a bit further. So some of the, some of the places we're fishing, we might have to cast out over some uh, rocky boulders to get into a bit of a hole. That's the rod I'll use for that. Mate. And um, it, it, it's um, it's similar there with 15 kilo line. The ideal rig that we use on these is generally um, a number two um, suicide or beak style pattern hook. Um, if I'm fishing lighter, so I'm fishing 10 kilo line in some areas, I might use a 540 um, French hook. Mm. But generally we want two extra strong or three extra strong, strong hooks when you're fishing with 30 for these fellas because they will straighten out a 540 mustard wow. when, when you're hooked up to them. And a ball sinker right on the hook. Okay. And then your preferred bait. Pretty simple rig. It and is, um, then like other times if you're fishing over the shallower reefs, we might just use a bobby cork with a two or three inch dropper, uh, sorry, two or three foot dropper using cabbage baits or, or bread bait. Mate, you've been a, a past president of the New South Wales Fishing Clubs Association, and, and I know you've got you know a bunch of uh, of state records and, and AAA championships, mate, under your belt. Have you ever seen pigfish being caught in numbers? Like, do people go out there in these clubs? Do they go out and catch five or ten, or is it is is a catch of two a great? No, call? no, I've got some um, I've got some great sessions where yeah. we've caught you know fifteen twenty. Oh, fair um, dinkum. Pigs in a session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're, they'll school up just like Ludric, Paul. Yep. Righto. Well, that's fascinating because yeah. then I'll people you, can I'll do it. You, you know? I'll tell you a funny story. We were out fishing uh, for snapper out on a place called Reef Wide near 
that's um that's off Longridge here in Sydney. It's 120 foot of water. We're fishing for snapper out there, and um, we we were getting uh, a black drummer on the on Paternoster rigs taking striped no. tuna baits. No. Yeah, yeah, we got five that day. So, so just a school was out there. Totally out of their comfort zone, aren't they? Mm. And they, they can get quite large. Like you said, you've caught them up to two and a half kilos. What's the biggest one you've heard of, mate? Oh, the biggest one I've seen, uh, Craig the Brassic got, and that thing would be mm. would be close to five, five and a half kilos. Jesus. You got that down at Red Reef one night. Yep. I was fishing with him. The biggest, well, I've gone to 3.2, mm. and um, that's, that's a pretty solid fish. Because they're pretty thick on and the shoulders, aren't they? Yeah, they're really good fish to eat too. They're um, we, we used to call those ones um, party pies, the big <laughs> ones. Um, we're, sorry, family pies, and the smaller ones are called party pies. But you take a really big fillet off them. Yeah. The bigger fish get a little bit chewy, but geez, they've got some flavour. A lot of people might get one or two because if you, it's like any school fish. If you drop a couple of fish straight up, you'll send the school off. But if you can land your first one or two fish without getting busted off, you've got a good chance of getting more. Mate, um, they, you know, obviously they're, they're a fun and tough fish to catch. What about um, where you need to head to catch them? Do you need to fish around a cliff or are you looking at the kelp beds or you want to get where that uh, sea cabbage is? Or do you need to be right on the edge of, of, a, of a reef? What's the sort of area that people yeah, want to... Yeah, and you, bank you, anglers. You, you need to be somewhere where there's going to be a good pounding from from the ocean we don't normally catch them on the calm days we normally catch them when there's a bit of a roll on because the white water activities there there's there's kanji there's sea tulips there's green weed being smashed off the rocks and into the um into the water for them to feed on um the spearos that will tell you they'll see them when they're um snorkeling around at the calmer days but they're always down deep but they're more actively on the bite when you can get that white water happening. Mate, um, when it comes to uh, you've caught the fish, how do you, uh, what is, what's the strike? Is it like a brim bite, they hit, or are you just, you know, letting them take the, the, the bait? Do you need to give them slack? Give me that, oh, give me that run through. I've had them bite a couple of, um, couple of different ways. The main, the main thing is you might get a tap, tap, and then your rod just loads up. So you get that tap, tap like a brim, mm-hmm. and then the rod will just load right up. Because if it's in that rough water, they're generally not mucking about. They just grab the bait and go. And and, and, and then the other time is you just get the rod load load up without any any uh, warning. You just get, you feel the weight, the rod loads up, you hit them and, and then you just lock onto them. And this is the, this is the country of uh, plain spilled alvies, mate. None of this uh, star drags. We just lock the handles and go. Just get straight in it. So like a you know a, a six hundred A five or seven hundred A five, so something straight straight handle to handle, one to one. One to one, mate. And um, Ed, the best drag is the palm of your hand on these um, on these <laughs> fellas. You don't want to give them any line because they're pretty good at getting into a crevice and locking their spines up. Yeah. And then you can't get them out. They're just like a groper in that aspect. Okay. That well, that's so interesting. If you can turn them straight away and get them up off, get them up in the water column. You're pretty good. So do you need to cast out, or you're just fishing at your feet? Oh, depends on the area. If you're fishing a shallow reef, sometimes you've got to um, fish across the back of it, cast over the back to it. One of the places we used to fish a lot, and we used to get some uh, monumental drama from there. You know, two kilo plus models regularly. It was a place we called the Showers. It was an area that had um, a low ledge, 
and you could access that at low tide and, and, and fish it off the low ledge, but on a high tide, the water used to come over that low ledge and used to hit a bluff behind you and throw water up in the air, and hence the name showers. But we, we would find ourselves casting 20, 30 metres over the back of that, of a, of a high tide, just to try and get the fish out there then. Mate, what sort, of, what sort of recommendations do you put it for people in that situation? What what uh, what do they need to look out for when they're rock fishing? Because as you know as well as I do, that rock fishing claims more, uh, I guess, lives than any other recreational sport in the country. Well, I know I had you in stitches last time we talked about rock fishing and having <laughs> a plan B, but uh, I'll say it again. If you take your eyes off the water and you don't watch how that area is working for 20 minutes or half an hour before you go fishing, yeah. you're going to ask for trouble. Um, mm. If if you uh, want to walk across the road without looking left or right mm. on your hands and knees, you're going to get hit, a, hit by a bus sooner yeah. or later, you know? Yeah, that's it. So always pay attention to the water. There's, my mind is enough. There's no freak waves out there, right? The freak waves. What's freakish about a wave happening 10,000 kilometres and rolling across the ocean until it hits the shore? That's not a freakish wave. Sometimes you'll get one wave double up on another, but if you're watching, you can see what's coming. Yeah, that's a, that's a okay. valid but point. In, 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 any rock fishing, whether it's... And as I mentioned before, when you're fishing for Ludderick, a lot of Ludderick fishermen get taken off the rocks because their eyes is focusing on the float mm. a lot of the time. They're not getting a second... Um, the second eye facing out to the ocean to see what's coming, mate. You've um, you've been a uh, commercial line trap fisher, uh, trap trapper and line fisher in your past, mate. Um, are these fish uh, easy um, commercial grade fish as well, or just more for recreation? Well, yeah, it's funny you say that because um, some of the places I used to put my lobster traps in the weedy crevices right in close to shore. Yeah, I used to get a few drummer out of them. Oh, okay. Um, every year, you know, mm. um, and then the slope, the the uh, the, the, the closer sloping rocks, um, the rock shelves. I used to uh, have a few brim traps. You know, I used to get a few drummer in there too. So mm. um, they do go in a trap. Yeah, well, maybe. So, uh, having said that, um, you know, they'll turn up anywhere. Like I said, out there at Reef Ward, 100, 120 foot of water. There one day we got five of them, yeah. but. Um, I've caught them everywhere from down on the, um, the New South Wales Victorian border um, up as far north as uh, Hat Head. Mm. Okay. I've Good. caught some monsters up at Hat Head, actually. I'm fishing for brim in the wash with um, pink nippers or bass yabbies, whatever you want to call them. Okay. Um, they've caught partial to taking them too. Mate, um, obviously a, a good fish. Do you need to bleed them when you catch them? Well, I like every good fish. If you can keep them alive... And then bleed them straight away, yeah. But if you can't keep them swimming in a, in a, in a, uh, keeping it in a, a large pool, then you're better off bleeding them. Mate, um, I appreciate your help in the uh, in the pigfish or the drummer, and uh, you know, giving people some guidance into catching them. Talk to me about luderick fishing. Now, as a youngster growing up, I always thought luderick were for you know older blokes, seventy year old, retired. And you had to have a walking cane to catch a luderick. Well, well, I'm nearly there, Paul. So I'm pretty good. <laughs> Mate, no disrespect, but my brother Dougie, uh, Doug, Doug would talk to me about um, you know going to catch luderick off the old Grand Jetty at Labrador back in the day, or the Third Jetty on Marine Parade. You know, I'm talking 40 years ago, and we'd go there, and the trawlers would be tied up, and he, he showed me about the excitement of targeting luderick. 
uh, because this particular uh, blackfish is is a fantastic fish to catch, quite yeah. quite tasty yeah. on the on the table as well. But there's an art to it. Now I know you've got the art down pat. Mate, give me your uh, inside knowledge when targeting luteric. And first things I want to target in crossover is the uh, the fishing gear. Okay, well let's break it up into two: estuarine fishing. Mm. And rock fishing. So while we're talking about drama, we'll, yep. we'll stay on the rocks and talk about Ludwig, okay? Cool. Uh-huh. So ideally I'm looking for a, a, a rock shelf that's covered in green weed, the, the cabbage, the broadleaf cabbage weed that you see. Um, if you can find that or you can find the long horsehair weed or, or silk strand weed that um, is commonly used in estuaries, that also grows on ocean rocks. They're the areas you want to target because... Generally, there's um, white water that comes off that shelf and, and drags it back into deeper water. Now, you may be fishing a running float or a fixed float. Me, off the ocean rocks, I, pretend, I prefer sorry, to use a fixed float because um, when you're fishing you know, 12 or 13, 14 foot deep, um, it's, it's got a lot of... Uh, uh, sink in it, you know, like mm. it takes a while to get your boat down. Um, so I don't want it minimising through a float that's running. Yeah. So with a 12-foot rod, I can generally get away with fishing 12-foot deep fixed and 12-foot and lower. Mm. If it's any deeper than that, and it's very, very rare off an ocean rock, I have to fish deeper than 12-foot, mm. um, then you'll go to a running float. But um, just knowing the drift... Um, means you've got to have a couple of different floats. Sometimes you want a float that will stay in the water and move slowly through the drift, mm. and that means it's going to be um, pre-weighted, and then you just have enough lead on your line to get your bait down. And other times you don't want as much weight on the on the stem of the float. You want to get your bait down quicker in the rougher water. And the weight we're talking about are split shot sinkers. Yeah, well, generally what I'll do is is um, most of my floats, I know how they weigh, so I know what sinkers and split shot they do, but I'll always have a swivel trace underneath because um, areas where I fish for for a blackfish or ludric where there's a lot of drummer, I fish a, um, I fish a 55A alvey with 12 or 15 pound nylon, and then I'll have that down through my float and then tied to a swivel and then... Uh, between two swivels, about six inches apart, I'll have a, a bean sinker, oh, and yeah. that that's the main ballast for the float. And then I'll have my fluorocarbon leader, eight or ten pound, um, below that with the split shot just to balance it. Are you running Vaseline on your line to keep it afloat? No. Nah. Okay. okay. No, a lot of blokes are, do, are doing um, another line, a floating line called. The Django, it's a hollow nylon, but what I, I tried it one season and it really only lasted one season for me. I just, mm. I, I'm just using good old Torchew off the rocks or um, Schneider because mm. it's got a really good, uh, uh, it's a polished copolymer nylon. It's got a really good abrasion resistance so it hands up, ha- handles the nicks mm. or the small grazes you get against the kelp at times. Mm. Mm. It handles it really well. But um, So that'll be fishing with a MT4144. Rod, 12 foot long, um, 
the reason I have the 12 to 15 pound nylon and it just gives me a little bit more insurance if there's drummer about. Yeah. Um, and and some of the big the big laddering that we get there, you might have to sometimes lift them a bit um, instead of washing them out. Just depends where you're fishing. You ever had a mulloway eat your lyric while you're pulling him in? I've had a kingfish knock it three foot sideways. <laughs> Come up and head butted it across the surface. Yeah, I've had I've had Mulloway take Taylor and Brim and and, yeah. and, and, and other things before, but yeah. I've never got a Ludwig back that's um, come back with the Dewey thing marks in it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I've, I've found the area. I'm kicking in with the cleats on my shoes. I'm kicking in. I'm kicking in the burley yep. for there, and I'm always getting the bait from where I'm kicking the burley and using the same uh, weed that's in the area. Yep. Um, I use a single hook rig. Some blokes like to use a swivel and use two hooks, okay. one floating, one weighted. But off the ocean rocks, um, it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a concentration issue when you're trying to wash two fish out. It's easier just to go for low, the the high percentage, low risk of getting one fish out. It's quite fascinating when you're watching just the top of your float, you know, the quill or whatever you're running uh, above the cork there, and just seeing that float going along, and then it just sort of just gets sucked under. So when we're talking the sucking effect of a lyric onto your bait or onto your weed or whatever you're using, your sea cabbage, we're talking small hooks. What size hook are you running, Pete? Well, uh, the smallest I use is a size six, Paul, um, the uh, green uh, mustard snacks and a size six because... If, if you get a, an 800 gram ludric, that's a that's a good fish. That's a solid fish in anyone's language. But even down to you know like a, a 300 gram fish, yeah. a half pound fish, you um they've got a fairly solid mouth. So you know I don't I don't go to these size 10s and size 12 hooks. I mean I leave that for the guys that want to fish for trout. You know, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, even my estuary fish, I might go to an eight at the smallest, but size six is pretty good. I mean. When, when we're fishing for drummer and we're using two-o hooks and blobs of kanji, mm. we're quite often catching plenty of blackfish on the same hook. And when we're fishing for brim with two-o's and nippers, we're, all, we're getting blackfish as well. So there's no, there's no need to go down to micro-sized hooks for ocean rock blackfish. It's funny you mentioned that about the, uh, the, the, uh, the nippers or the yabbies that a lot of people use as well, for, you know, just fishing off the rocks in general, whether it's for tar wine or brim or whatever, is that um, the amount of luderic that you can actually catch on mm-hmm. yabbies is uh, is phenomenal, and you're just using a standard running ball sinker rig, burling up with a little bit of sea cabbage mixed into a bucket of sand, and just throwing it out along the edge of the rocks. Generally, around rock bar walls are pretty good where it goes into the ocean, or even on the outside of the ocean rock walls, uh, where it's a, you know a little bit of protection there. If it's a southerly trade wind, you get on the northern side of that rock wall, and uh, on the ocean side uh, of the north side, and and you know you'll get some really good lyric. And a lot of those, when you're talking eight hundred grams there, Pete, mate, they, they get bigger than that because some of those older fish, you know, they're pretty smart. They don't get that size for nothing. They they they're very wary of what they choose to eat at times. Yeah, well, <laughs> back in the old days, down at Bluefish Point, this, the old Merc there, like we used to fish from tinned green peas. Is that right? Yeah, or frozen green peas. We used to put one or two on a on a one hour hook and just what we used to call pussy footing, Paul. It's just you fish your leader, no float, and just a, a, a tiny, tiny ball sinker, like a double O ball sinker, right on your hook. Huh. And one or two green, and you just toss it in and just feel a boom, boom, hook him, you know? Do you, do you put a couple of peas on or just one? 
Yeah, a couple of peas, yeah. Okay. Just, just hide the short, hide the shank of the hook. Unreal. Yep. That's good. Yeah, but um, I've caught them on beachworms, fishing up at um, Southwest Rocks, okay. fishing off the beach in close to the uh, the, the junction of the sand and the and, and the beach, fishing for brim and whiting. I've caught blackfish on beachworms, caught them on pippies. I even caught a couple on gang hooks and pilchards. So I'll be they will take a lot of things and. For people down the south coast, a lot of the locals may know down in the Shoalhaven River, August, yeah. September, there's times and you won't catch them unless you're using squirt worms. Is that right? Because obviously mm. that's what's running that time of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if they're spawning or not, but um, the, the squirt worms, if you haven't got them, you're not going to catch them. They won't look at um, the green weed. And other times in other places, I know Narrabeen Lake, when we get them, sometimes we can only catch them on brown weed. That's they a... won't look at the green weed, they'll look at brown weed. And you'd probably remember this, because there used to be a prawn cannery on the river at Tweed Heads. Right. And they used to pump their offal in the river, and the best bait for blackfish there was prawn heads. <laughs> I know exactly where you're talking. Is that the, I think it was Markwell's, if I'm correct. Yes, there you go. Yep, yep. That's, that's right. It used to be just near the, the, uh, the Tweed Marina where I used to keep my, my boat. Great little uh, processing plant there, of course. And, um, mate, look, when it comes to the estuary side of, of luteric fishing or, you know, blackfish, is that um, I, I know I love to use uh, the black weed that you find in the sugar cane drains. You ever use that stuff? Don't have many sugar cane drains here in Sydney, Paul. Mate, it's a damn shame <laughs> <laughs> because I'm in no, Queensland. No, right? that's what we call we that lot... brown horse hair. Oh, that's coarse. Yes, it is very coarse, and you get it when yeah. you break those drains. You also get it in the back lakes up towards McLean. We get them the in golf courses as well, too. Yeah. Right. Well, the blackfish love it, but we used to, when my brother taught me how to catch these uh, particular uh, fish, is we would go into the the freshwater ponds, you know, and you'd look for the the green weed, and you'd have to have snails. And if you found snails in that green moss, you were you were in the money, and and it stank. That you know it is off, but you'd wrap it up in uh, some damp newspaper, and it would keep for a while. And you know you'd get out there and uh, you'd, you'd set your float weight up. And like you said, if you had, it's all about the float, and you could get your float weighted perfectly, and just uh, you know wrap the weed around uh, the the hook, and then have a nice like a like a goatee beard hanging below the shank. Yeah, little tail. That's, That's it. it. Yep, yeah. yeah. and you just throw it, just just flick it out there, and watch that watch that float and. When it hit the top end, we'd use wool, tie wool to the top, and as that float would go along, you get it right on the edge of the rocks or maybe a pontoon or a jetty or something, and it would just sort of just bob, and then down she'd go. When you go to strike, Pete, do you strike vertically or horizontally with your rod? Um, it's funny. It's norm, Normally, I tend to lift 45 degrees, mm-hmm. and it's normally from down left to high right. Because that's if I'm fishing off the boat or the shore, that's just my natural reaction. Yeah. But I generally try and strike in the direction of away from which the float was going. So mm. if if it's drifting from left to right, then I'll be striking from right to left because that was the drift. Of course, yeah, yeah. But another thing, sometimes the blackfish or the the luteric get really finicky, uh-huh. and they take the bait on the rise. So sometimes your float will sit up higher in the water and lay over a bit. Right. Hit hit it. Because what he's done, he's swimming up, 
and he's taken the weight of that shot. Ah. Uh, so there's no tightness in the line between the shot and the bottom of the float, so the float's standing up. Do you know another fish that does that is the traglin dew uh, out on the reef? Is you'll get you, you'll get those those trag dews all you know sort of uh, I guess lined up, all stacked up, and they they hit your 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 weight. You're using a patnosa rig, and they hit your weight or your bait, and, and instantly you've got less weight on your hook. So you've got to wind, and normally back in those days, we're running a 925 C52 Alvey, uh, you know, just a, a deep water snapper rod and reel, and or a 725. And as you'd, you'd, you'd have to spin the reel and strike to get your double hook up, and you would get double hook up because these things are stacked up. But um, I didn't realise Luderick did the same thing, that they had actually yeah, left the float really, up. Yeah, they can be really, really fussy like that at times. But, Unreal. Um there's a place I fish where you're fishing a rod length and a half. You know, you're fishing 18 foot. So this is where you have to have running floats. Yeah. And and, and therefore, to get your bait down, you need probably not as big as... And, and it's not as big as an ocean um, rock float, but it's still a fairly decent body because it's got to support a, lot, a fair bit of lead to get your bait down there quick. Yeah, of course. And, and you're throwing in your, your chopped weed and sand and breadcrumb mixture mm. to burly on, and you do the drift and... Um, one of the places I fish, and I just noticed um, uh, this morning that this fella got a, a really good bag of blackfish there this morning. Mm. Um, he uh, he was burling hard, so it was while I was talking on radio this morning doing the reports. I thought I should go down and have a look at this spot because it's time of year that they should be there. And um, this is where I fish two hooks, so I'll fish a weighted uh-huh. hook on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have a um, I'll have a two foot leader that's unweighted, and I'll use a blackfish fly, not weed, a fly, so oh, an artificial fly. That looks like um, weed. Because, yeah, this just looks just like green weed. Yep. And and it can sit in there and just waft about as the float's drifting with the tide. Yeah. And quite often that unweighted um, fly will outfish the bait on the bottom. Are you are you scenting that fly? Are you putting some goop on it or some tuna oil or anything on it? Sometimes I do, yeah. Um, it, um, aniseed or strawberry oil is a yep. good thing, or Ultra Bite if you can still get it. Yeah, I remember that stuff. Yeah, but in the old days, the old fellas used to dab their weed in kerosene. Isn't that worked? Well, yeah, I watched it work. Dad used to go up to Port Stephens and fish up near Windy Whopper for him, and and they used to, you know, swear by just. Ow. Sprinkling kerosene over the over the weed, and they'd have it there in an old tea towel, all rolled out, ready to go. And all you had to do was plait it around the hook. I guess if you didn't catch anything, you could always smoke it. But look, mate, it's probably one of those things. The old luderick is to uh, you know, if you're fishing the the rivers and creeks, what's a telltale location for people going right? I want to give this fish species a crack. What's a location that that people need to look for that could house luderick in their local area? Well, just about any wharf will have them. If there's good growth on the pylons, you'll have you'll have Ludric there. Just about every wharf Sydney uh, wharf system in Sydney Harbour's got got Ludric on it. One of the best places we used to fish um, before they tightened up was uh, HMAS Penguin. Okay. Um, in in uh, Middle Harbour, the the wharf under there had tons and tons of blackfish, same as the Kernel Oil Refinery Wharf. It's got tons and tons of Ludric there. But um, all the ferry wharves have got them. Any um, any rock wall that's got deep water with tidal moving across the face or drop off into a, uh, from a channel, 
Mm. So places like Narrabeen Lake or um, Burrow Lake down near Ulladulla, you can stand on the edge of the sandbank and, and where it drops off into the deeper channel. As long as there's weed and fish moving through there, you'll find your blackfish. Mate, um, there's, a, there's a lot of different areas for them. And now I guess more uh, Capricornia coast, if you draw a line across the country, south you'll get those fish. I know we get a lot here on the uh, southeast Queensland sector. Well, I've caught them as far north as Noosa, up yep. there um, Correct. Up towards um, uh, Tawantum. Yes. Down into Caravan Park, I've caught them just there. Yep. And um, I've, caught, I've caught them down into Victoria. Yeah, I know they get them up off even they'll even get them further up around, you know, Tinkham Bay, Harvey Bay, they'll pick them up off the pontoon, the jetties out there. So, you know, it is a fish that's widely found and uh it, there is an art to catching this particular species as well as we've just we've just discussed. Hey Pete, I'm gonna let you uh let you go there, buddy, but I do appreciate all of your time there. Your knowledge is always extensive when it comes to any particular species of fish. Yeah, no worries, Paul, and um, hopefully the listeners get some get some good uh, tips out of the podcast and that's what our podcast is always about teaching people what to do so they can step outside and of course enjoy what we love to do and i wouldn't say take for granted but we can get out there and successfully have some fun so we're just all about teaching and learning here on the step outside podcast and of course all your gear head on down to your local anaconda stores the team there easily can help you out and point you in the right direction with gear and of course the local knowledge that these guys have to put you in the right area of where these fish can be caught as well of course you can catch pj every second weekend on the 2sm radio show high tide which is the john law station every saturday and sunday he's on there every second week have yourself a great week everybody thanks for listening once again and of course like i always like to say on this show may your rod bend often Take it easy, everyone.